0: In your worship folder, you have an outline to follow along with. There's some fill-ins on there. Um, I have a feeling that uh, the series that we're starting today is, is going to apply to just about everybody on a number of different levels. And the good thing is, is even if it doesn't, it was good for me. So if you get something, great. If not, it still worked. We're starting this new series on moving past your past. Everybody has a past, some good, some bad. But everybody has a past. And too many people are stuck there. They're living there. Or you, you see our graphic up here. One of the things that this reminds me of, I see the, the past was not as probably great as it should be. Too many people drive their lives like they, were, they would be in a car driving forward looking in the rearview mirror. You wouldn't get very far. Not many good things would happen if that's how we drove our, our cars. But too many people, that's how we drive our lives. We drive looking in the rearview mirror at the past. And so we're going to look at that for the next few weeks, about moving past that past. And today, I think, is a biggie. It's certainly, like I said, it's a biggie for me. We're going to talk about breaking the labels that bind. You see, right or wrong, pretty much all of us at some point have been labeled. Sometimes other people did it. Sometimes we labeled ourselves. Sometimes sometimes we didn't actually hear the words, but we still say, this is what it is, you know? There are labels, and there, there are some labels that uh, I have a feeling that you would, all, you would all track with this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say a name, and you're going to tell me the label with that name. And you're, you're like, what, what? You're good. You'll get it. You ready? Attila the... Hun. I don't even know what that means, but we all know that Attila was a Hun. How about this one? Conan the... Yeah, I think in first service a couple people said the talk show host. That's a different Conan, but you get the idea. How about Billy the... Okay, here's one. This might determine by age a little bit. Buffy the... It was so funny in first service when that happened. There was a number of people, and I won't say... the. They were a little older than I am. And when everybody said, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they're like, what? <laughs> but you get it. Here's one for the kids. Winnie the... And I just put that in because I wanted to hear everybody say poo in church. <laughs> if you were up here, that was cool. Here's one that you might not be quite so familiar with. Tim the Restless or Tim the Afraid or Tim the loner, and the list could go on and on. Something uh, there, are, there are labels that, that from my past that I, I, they have to stay there because they can affect what I do now and how I move into the future because I walk around like everything is fine, but deep down, Inside my shoe, my sock is sliding down (laughs) right now, and I wish that was the only thing that was an issue. But see, all of us walk around like everything's fine, hiding things that we don't want other people to see. These labels that that we believe about ourselves, here's the thing, some of them can be totally untrue. Some of them can be true. And they affect us and who we are and how we move into the future. So my question for you is, what negative label follows your name? In your worship folder, I said there's an outline, and it says, what negative label follows your name? And it says blank the blank. You put your name in there, and then what your label is. So I'm going to do this kind of generically, and the, the, the most generic names I can think of are John Doe and Jane Doe. So John and Jane, if your name is John or Jane, I'm sorry, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about John or Jane Doe. But if, you, if you, you could, for instance, be Jane the doormat, and maybe somebody didn't actually say that, but you know that's how you're living your life, and that's just what you believe about yourself because that's what always has, always has happened. Or maybe you're John the hothead, and the people around you would know that because of how you respond to certain things. Or maybe you're Jane the party girl or John the wild guy because that's how you've lived your life and and you've been labeled that way. You're Jane the insecure or John the irresponsible or maybe just John or Jane the average. Nothing ever is going to happen of significance. I'm not going to accomplish anything. And you have these labels from your past. They could be right. They could be true, they could be lies, but you have these labels and they stick. And you live your life with that kind of playing on repeat. And it affects what we do and how we do it. And here's what you need to understand God's power is bigger than your past. And you might say, yeah, but you don't know what my past is. God does. And I know His grace and His power like we just sang about. The never-ending reckless love of God will never give up on you. And His power is bigger than your past. His truth about you is bigger than other people's opinions about you or your opinion about you. His truth is bigger than that. Because here's the thing. What's true about you now doesn't have to be true about you later. There can be change You don't have to live with that dictating what happens to you because what once was no longer has to be. You don't have to live there. But here's what you need. If you're going to get past that, if you're going to move past the past, if you're going to break the labels that bind us, you're going to need a new God-centered view of you. You can't go on what other people think of you. You can't go on what you think of you. You have to go on what God thinks of you. Here's what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. Anyone. I love it. I love that it starts that way. Because anyone means anyone. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. It doesn't matter what you've done, what choices you've made, what labels are attached to you, what you're going through now. Anyone who belongs to Christ. Now that doesn't mean anyone who goes to church. It doesn't mean anybody who just happens to believe that, yeah, I believe in God. You know, I've always believed in Jesus. I hear that all the time. Here's what this means. When you believe, you, you, the word actually does not just mean assent. It just doesn't mean I believe that. It means embracing it. That's what belief in the Bible is that's when you, you don't just believe and come to church occasionally. It means you belong to Christ. And it says anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Doesn't matter what that old person was. You can become a new person It says the old life is gone. A new life has begun. Now, when we have that available to us, it's so sad that so many people continue to be trapped by that old life. By those old labels. By those things that continue to move them in a direction that's not really accomplishing anything and it's just like, see, I knew that was true about me. And that's how they live. So I want to give you three thoughts today, three truths today that I believe can set you free from the labels that have held you down. The first one, if you're taking notes, you know, someone's given you a label, someone's given you a name. Here's the truth. God will give you a new name. God will give you a new name. This is all throughout Scripture, but in Isaiah 62, it says this. Then you will have a new name, and here's my favorite part, which the Lord himself will give you. It's not a label that people attached to me way back when. It's not a label that I got from my parents. It's not a label that I got from kids when I was growing up. It's not a label that I got from, from people that I worked with. It's not a label that I got from people I didn't know. I get a new name, and the Lord himself gives me that name. The name change is a big deal. It doesn't happen quite as often as it used to, but when I was in college, um, I went to Bible college, and, and there used to be kind of a joke um, that marriages were made in heaven but they had a branch office at my bible college and and many people went there the degree they went they used to joke and say a lot of the girls went to bible college to get their mrs degree (laughs) it was kind of true but that's okay I'm okay with that, it, you know, I was because it didn't work for me, I didn't get my MRS degree, it didn't work for me, I didn't meet anybody at Bible College, and I'm seriously glad I didn't, because I, I got the best by waiting for Julie, um, but here's, here's one of the things that I would see happen in Bible College, and um, it, I'm sure it happens in high school and stuff too, it happened <laughs> when I was a kid, there would be these, you know, they'd make these connections, you know, they, they'd like, oh, that person, that's the greatest person ever. You know, and I'm sitting in a library, and, and there's a girl sitting here, and she's doodling on her page. And I, I know you're not supposed to look, but she's doodling on her page, and, and what she's doodling is she's writing her first name and this other guy's last name. She, they've gone on one date. <laughs> her first name, his last name, X's and O's all around it and stuff, because it's a big deal. And it is a big deal. And she was excited about it because a new name is a big deal. In the Bible, it's not just you get married and you get a new name. There's a number of places in the Bible where people got new names, and the name was not just a name. It was significant because of what it meant, and it changed the course of their life. You have, there, there's a guy and his wife, old, old couple, like old couple, no kids. His name's Abram. Hers name's, her name is Sarai. No kids. God changed their names. To Abraham and Sarah. Abraham's name meant the father of many nations. Which is a weird name change for somebody who's really old and has no kids. But God had a plan. And when God changes your name, it's significant. He changed his name. There's a guy, uh, Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. The name Jacob means deceiver that's what he was he was a swindler Jacob's name was changed to one you're more familiar with Israel and Israel literally means wrestled with God because he did literally have a wrestling match with God but way way better way better than having the name that means deceiver you know what's your name liar <laughs> but you know what many of us have have labels like that. And we wouldn't say it out loud, but when somebody asks who we are, that's the first thing that comes to mind. You have Gideon. Gideon, he's he's famous in the Bible for he's the one who laid out the fleece and said, God, I don't know if it's you're in this. If if you're in this I'm going to lay this, this wool out here, and in the morning, I want it wet and the ground dry from dew. And then th- that wasn't enough. Then I want it dry and the ground wet, and he went, that's what he's kind of famous for. But for me, when I think of Gideon, you know what I think of? He was a wuss. We find Gideon. When we pick up his story, we find Gideon. The land is being um, uh, uh, continually attacked by other people. By other nations trying to take it away from them. And we find Gideon hiding, threshing wheat in a place where you didn't normally do that, hiding because he didn't want anybody to see him, because he didn't want anybody to come and take his wheat or kill him or what. And we find him hiding. He's just a scaredy cat. God calls him something different. God called him, God's label for Gideon was mighty warrior. And when he said, Gideon, you're the mighty, some translation to the mighty man of valor, I can see him saying, yeah, that's not my label. God said, that is your label. God changes the names. You see, for me, it was invisible. That's how I grew up. Unimportant, just nothing. In fact, it was like, just Tim. And I remember... I was a youth pastor for many years, and I decided that I, I was going to get ordained. And not a lot of youth pastors did that, but it was just an important thing for me to take this next step, and I was going to be a youth pastor for the rest of my life, and I, I went through this process, had to write, like, 20-page paper, and I had to go through this thing for three years, and I had to write, like, a 40-page paper, and then I had to get all these questions and everything, and so I get through this, and it was actually on the night, I get through this, and somebody from my church came up to me and said um congratulations pastor tim it's like no 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 that it's just tim and in my head what i'm thinking is it's just tim it's like no it's not pastor tim that's not working for me and i remember talking to one of the people who was involved in that in my ordination and i said it to him and he laughed and he said yeah he said i remember those feelings as well he said but here's the thing tim you may not you may not be that now you may not feel that now but you're going to grow into your name. And it's interesting to see what progressed over the next few years and how God helped me grow into my name. And now when somebody say, you don't have to call me, you call me Tim, but when somebody calls me Pastor Tim, for me, it's, it's a badge of honor because it's something that God did. I still am never going to allow Reverend Tim. That's not <laughs> ever happening Because reverend is not something that occurs here very often So we're not going to do that But I don't know where you're at I don't know what things that that you have going on and, and, And what things that you need a new name for But God might be saying to you, you know, you're forgiven And you're not living there, you're living back here Still struggling with this instead of saying, yes, I am Not because of me, but because of Jesus Or he's saying, you are transformed. And you say, yeah, that's not really happened. He said, it's a process. It's happening. You're healed. He's telling you, you're going to be an overcomer. Some of you just need to hear what God's going to change your name and say, you're loved. Because you don't feel that. Some of you, God's going to say, you're going to be a spiritual leader. And you say, yeah, I know me. I know what I've done. I know what I think. I know where everything's at. That's not going to happen. And God says, nope. I'm going to give you a new name, and you're going to grow into it as well. And that's going to happen for you. I'm just a horrible mom, you know? And God says, no. You You can be a great mom. And you say, I can't do that. No, you can't, but God can. And you can grow into that name by God's power. He wants you to grow into that new name that he gives you. So first, God will give you a new name. Here's the second thing. God will give you a new purpose. Because along with the name will come a new purpose. Over and over this happens in the Bible. One of my favorite examples of this is a guy who was called Simon. That was his name. He was an uneducated fisherman. He was unstable. He was unpredictable. You never knew what he was going to do or say, but you could pretty much count on the fact it was going to be the wrong thing. That's who he was. At one point, Jesus says, who do people think I am? And they answered, some think you're this, and some think you're that. You know, who do you think I am, Jesus said. And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And in Matthew 16, Jesus answers him. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. So he says, Simon, you're exactly right. You didn't come up with that on your own, that came right from God. And the next verse, the next thing he says is, And I tell you, Simon, that you are Peter. Peter means rock. You are Peter. You are a rock. And my guess is the other disciples at that point were like, (laughs) not Peter. (laughs) That's not him. He said, you are Peter. On this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. There's a whole lot of theological stuff going on in there. and We're not going to get into it all in terms of what the church was built on or whatever. The church was built on Jesus, the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And we can get into that. But here's the point of this. Peter grew into his name and grew into his purpose. And you can grow into your purpose as well. You see, Peter, Jesus told Peter um, not too long after this, you're going to deny me, Peter. Jesus is getting ready to go on trial and then hours later be crucified. And Peter says, nope, 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 I'm not going to deny you. I'll die before I deny you. And Jesus looked at him and said, before the rooster crows, crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. And he said that to Peter, and I'm sure Peter didn't believe it, until very shortly after that, Peter followed Jesus at a great distance as Jesus was being led away from the garden and led to all those fake, the four, he went through four trials before his crucifixion. And Peter just stood back and watched at a distance, and, and somebody would ask him, I saw you with Jesus, didn't I? Oh, no, no, no. He did that three times and when he did it the third time the rooster crowed and I, I, I know what's going on in his heart at that moment because I've experienced it but Jesus also said something other uh, something else to him other than just you're going to deny me three times he said you're going to deny me and when you have turned back you're going to be a great encouragement to many people and I'm sure at that moment when Peter denied him, Peter's not thinking, I'm going to turn back. Peter's thinking, I'm the denier. I'm the loser. I'm the hot-headed one who made all the wrong decisions. But you see, what happens is God gave him a new name and gave him a new purpose that he needed to grow into. And that same guy, that same guy, 50 days later, had the privilege of standing up in front of a whole bunch of people who were in town and preaching the first sermon. The church did not exist yet. He preached his first sermon and 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. And the church was born. And we have a guy who was not born a rock, but he became a rock. He died a rock. It's, it's, it's legend, but it's, it's more than likely true. When, when Peter was arrested for, for following Jesus, was when Peter, what, they were going to execute Peter for being a Christian, for following Jesus, and they said, you like Jesus so much? Fine. We're going to kill you the same way and crucify you. And you know what Peter said? I don't deserve to die the same way as my Lord did. And he had them crucify him upside down. A guy who was not born a rock to rock because God had given him a new name and a new purpose and here's the thing just like with Peter out of your greatest weakness will come your greatest strength out of those labels out of those things that you consider the biggest weakness God will bring your best ministry he will bring your greatest strength out of those things I see it all the time here I see people who have spent their lives addicted to something and I see them through God, through the power of God, through what they're doing, uh, through what God is doing in their life, get to the point where they are helping other people out of their addictions now. And it doesn't matter what hurt habit or hang up you struggle with. We've seen it all here. We have seen people find that freedom and then spend the rest of their life helping other people find that freedom. Because out of your weakness will come your greatest strength. So the first thing, God will give you a new name. The second thing, God will give you a new purpose. And here's the third thing. God will give you a new future. See, there are way too many people that, are, that, that I know that are way too pessimistic about their future. They don't see the hope. They don't see the plan. They see because they're looking through the rearview mirror, seeing their struggles, their labels, their problems, their past. They're not seeing a bright future. Here's some of the things I hear. My life is never going anywhere. I hear that way too often. I am never going to be this or that. Never going to be happy. Here's one I hear all the time. I'm always going to be alone. I'm always going to be miserable. And I want to say, you realize you're probably always going to be alone because you are always miserable, but that's a whole other thing. (laughs) I'm never going to be out of debt. Or it's a physical thing. You know, I'm always going to battle with these headaches. Do you notice the two words that they keep repeating there? Always and never. Never. We, we put those things in there and we have no future because I'm always going to be that. I'm never going to be this. Never and always. You know what that is? That's faithlessness about your future. That's saying, God, you can't do it. It really is an insult to God when we say this is where I'm at, this is what I've always been, this is what I'm always going to be. That's saying, God, you're not big enough. You're not strong enough. Your grace isn't enough for me. For everybody else, maybe, but not for me. You need, you need to put Jeremiah 29.11 on your mirror, not your car mirror. Because if you do that, you're gonna be watching the wrong thing as you drive. You wanna look forward as you drive on your bathroom mirror. Jeremiah 2911 says this. For I know that might be God. Go ahead and get that. <laughs> 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 He has called before. Um, for I, here's, uh, here's what Jeremiah twenty nine eleven 11 says. For I know the plans I have for you. You know the plans you have for you. You know them. But God says, no, those aren't the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. And my plans are to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now that doesn't mean his plan is that the road will be smooth and the sun will be there and the wind will be at your back and everything will be great. It means no matter what you go through in the future, he will be with you and you will have a future that you will see things accomplished that you would have never been able to see accomplished otherwise. He says, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And too many people are stuck in the... You've heard this. You can finish the sentence. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Too many people, they say that enough that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. There are people who they, they just can't commit to anyone. They have this, these labels, these problems, they can't commit to anyone. Or they're they oh, I've been divorced, you know, nine times and it's just not working for me. Or or I've always I've been in this marriage, but it's always been a bad marriage. It's just not gonna get any better. And they give up. I'm an inadequate parent. I'm not a good mom. And they think because of a label from the past that that's what the future is going to be like for them. I will never measure up. On and on and on. Out of your greatest weakness, I believe God can raise up the greatest strength because it's in our weakness that he's strong. And then when when you look back on it, when others look at it, they won't say, wow, he really pulled himself up by his bootstraps. They'll say, what happened there? And you can say, God did. He gave me a new name. He gave me a new purpose. And he gave me a new future. When I think of this, to me, one of the greatest stories in the whole Bible, for me, is about a person who definitely had been labeled. And if I tell you this person's name, most of you will be able to put the the and fill in the blank afterwards. My favorite story in the Bible. Rahab the prostitute. Rahab the harlot in some older translations. Her name is mentioned eight times in the Bible. Five of those times she is identified by that label. The harlot named Rahab. Rahab the prostitute. That's what she's known and the other times it just alludes to it. Can you imagine what she thinks? Because she lived in a city called Jericho. And God was getting ready to do something in Jericho because Jericho was a bad place. It was a very sinful place. And God was having his, the the nation of Israel was going to take Jericho, this walled city that nobody could take. God was going to do it in a miraculous way and um, he was going to fix what was going on there. And in that town, it was so bad that if you said Rahab the prostitute, it could mean two things. They had temple prostitutes and it's like you say well that doesn't make sense no it doesn't <laughs> but that's what they did but their status was like about here then you had Rahab the prostitute she was the bottom of the list and, and you, can, you can imagine what went through Rahab's mind with this life that she had that I'm used goods who will ever want me? You can you can just feel her living that way, but yet Israel sent spies in to see what was going to happen there. Joshua sent these spies in, and um, they were going to be killed. Rahab hid them in her house. She risked her life. She was not Jewish. She was part of this whole uh, Jericho place, but she risked hiding these two um, Jewish spies and hid them upstairs. And when the guys came, said, where are they? We we were pretty sure we saw them go here. She said, oh, they left, you know. And and they're hiding upstairs in the attic under the straw. And as soon as the the guys leave, they're going out to look for them. She says, you got to hang low until they come back so they don't see you. And then I'm going to let you sneak out. My house is on the wall. You're going to sneak down and get out. And I'll do that if you will promise to save me and my family when you come back. Because she risked her life to do that. But she did that because she had heard the stories, as they had in Jericho, of this God in Israel. And how nothing was going to stand in his way. And it said, I love it how it says that when she heard about God and what he was doing, her heart melted. You see, I believe she risked her life to save these spies because she had heard about this God and she was hoping that he could be her God. They came back. She had the scarlet thread cord out her window, which was their signal, and her family was in there, and her and her family were saved. The town fell, and they took it over, but her story doesn't end there. It wasn't just that she was rescued. She married a God-fearing man named Salmon. Like the fish. He was... I don't think that's probably how you say it, but that's how it's spelled. Um, They had a kid, and um, that kid had a kid married a lady named Ruth, which there's a Bible book named after. Um, Another generation or two um, comes a guy named Jesse who had a son by the name of David. And Rahab, the prostitutes, great 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 grandson was named Jesus because God had given her a new name he had given her a new purpose and he had given her a new future and Jesus came from her family line because In Philippians 3, it tells us this. This is how we should live, forgetting what is behind. It doesn't mean we don't learn the lessons of the past. It it means we don't live according to the past because the past is past. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So that thing you're labeled with, that thing you're struggling with, whether it's from your past or whether it's from the last two weeks, we don't live there. We live ahead knowing what he has for us, the prize that he's called us for, heavenward in Christ Jesus. It happens all throughout Scripture and it can happen to you. I mentioned David, one of, one of Rahab's descendants. David was just a shepherd boy. And he could have very easily said, yeah, I'm just the runt, I'm the shepherd boy, I'm the youngest of the kids, I'm not going to be anything. And yet David was, was given that new purpose and that new future. And David not only became one of the greatest kings that ever lived, he became a man that Scripture says was a man after God's own heart. He broke the labels that bound him. We have a guy named Thomas, which when everybody hears of Thomas, one of the disciples, all we can think of is Thomas the doubter. He was, but he changed. When, when he saw the resurrected Jesus, it says he fell at his feet and said, my Lord and my God. And Thomas's life changed because he had been given a new hope, a new future. We talked about Gideon the, the wuss, <laughs> was just afraid and threshing wheat, and God said, nope, you're going to be a mighty warrior. And he grew into the name. There's a guy in the New Testament named Zacchaeus, and it would be real easy for Zacchaeus to say, you know what is so big about Zacchaeus? He's not big. He's short. That's what the Bible said. He was short. And Jesus was coming. They're coming down the street. Zacchaeus can't see over everybody's head. So he climbs up a tree in order to see Jesus because he wanted to see Jesus. You know what Zacchaeus was? He was a corrupt tax collector. Jesus saw something different in him. And when Jesus came by and saw him come up there, he said, Zacchaeus, come on down. We're going to your house today for dinner. I love it that Jesus just invited himself over. (laughs) And then he made Zacchaeus a new man. Changed his life forever. Rahab, as I said, one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. She's only mentioned eight times and five of them. It's with the label, the prostitute. But you look what God did through her. Here's what I know. When you you come into Christ, when it's not just believing about the story or coming to church, when it's embracing Jesus, then Isaiah 118 becomes true. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Because God can make everything new. You see, I was Tim the discontent. Tim the restless. Tim the afraid. Tim the loner. Tim the loser. I told you, even my name, for me, I hated my name. Tim. That's not a name, that's just three letters. Tim. You know all I could hear? Timid. Timid. Hiding in the background. The loner, the loser. That's what I heard. Went to Bible college, as I said. Learned Greek. I had to spend the first year learning English first because I hadn't done that in high school. And then, as I'm learning, learning Greek, I'm reading a letter to Timothy, and I'm having to translate that into Greek, and I see that Timothy, which I knew that was my name. You know, nobody called me that. Um, my gra- I won't tell you what my grandmother called me because you're not allowed to call me that, but... <laughs> I knew my name was Timothy, but when I look it up here, in the Greek, it says Timotheus. It's like, oh, thanks, God, that's worse. <laughs> Two years in Bible college, I was Timotheus, 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 they would say it all different kinds of ways, until I found out what it meant. Timotheus is where my name comes from. The first part of that is the Greek word Timon. It has nothing to do with Timon and Pumbaa, Okay. <laughs> You know what timon means in Greek? It means precious, valuable, beloved. That at the end of Timotheus is God. It means precious to God, beloved of God, valuable to God. I could have just lived with tim means timid until I learned what it means. You see, the truth is, it is not what you were that matters. It's what you can become. There is no label more powerful than Jesus. You need to act on your new name. You need to act on your new purpose. You need to act on your new future. I got a fourth point. It's not on your outline, so you just got to write it on there if you're taking notes. Could be the most important thing. Here it is. Refuse to let the labels of your past limit God's plan for your future. You have to make that choice. I am not going to let the labels of my past limit God's plan for my future. The truth is, you can't change your past. It is your past, but starting today, you can begin experiencing a better future. And what you may discover is whatever that weakness was, God can turn into your greatest strength. And maybe today what you need is you need your first new label today. You need your new label that is truth from God. That he can say, you are no longer Tim, the loser. You, You can be Tim, the one who is beloved of God, the overcomer. You, pastor, you know, who would have ever thought? Nobody in my family. You can today get a label that says child of God. It's not about church. It's not about religion. It's about saying, Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I believe you came and died for me that you didn't need to die because you had no sin. You died to pay for mine. I don't understand that, but I accept it. And I'm embracing you, Jesus. I believe you did that for me. When that happens, a couple things happen. When you do that with your heart, all of heaven rejoices because you are now a child of God. It says that those who received him, he gives the right, the privilege, the power to become a child of God. That's a label that I can live with. Child of God. You can get a new name, a new purpose, a new future today by believing, by receiving Jesus, believing into Jesus. Remember, it's not just an ascent. It's not just, yeah, I believe that. It's embracing him. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads as we pray. Father, I know that there's a lot of people here They struggle with those labels from the past. I know, I know, I know. I also know that you came to give us a new name. That we can have a new purpose and a new future. Because that label of Jesus is more powerful than any other label that we could have ever had. And that we can break those labels that bind. We can break free from those labels. And we can move into that future that you have for us, accomplishing accomplishing your purpose for us. So my prayer, Father, is that if there's anybody listening to this, that they, they maybe believed the details, but they've never placed their faith and trust and life into Jesus, that today would be the day that in simple faith they'd say, Jesus, I don't understand all of this, but I believe you did it for me. And I'm placing as much as I understand about myself today into as much as I understand of you today. And I'm embracing that. Thank you for making me a child of God. And Father, for for those who have already stepped across that line from unbelief to belief, I pray that we would be able to recognize that new name, that new purpose, that new future. And that we could refuse to allow those labels from the past to interfere with that plan that you have for us that we would be able to step into that, that we would be able to grow into that and to see you accomplish through our weaknesses more than we could ever imagine. Thank you. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand for the closing song.